0: so I think I'm a bit more appreciative of those families and I want to spend a bit more time with them and feel more comfortable and confident talking to moms of new babies who maybe their baby has you know high bilirubin so they're there under the lights and they can't necessarily hold them a ton and so trying to spend that time with them talking to them about it and how their journey's been postpartum and you know some other things that they can do to try and feel that connection because I know how hard that connection can be especially in those first few days weeks and months postpartum depression is real as someone who has had it. And so I think I'm spending a little bit more of that time focused towards the families and asking those questions more than I did before. Welcome to the Child Life Wildlife Podcast, a platform dedicated to sharing the honest ins and outs and vulnerable truths about the child life profession with your host, Jessica Lewin. Come and gain tangible next steps and confidence as you learn how to use your child life skills, protect your mental health and glean inspiration, hope, and ideas from fellow certified child life specialists, students, and professionals. And now, here's your host, Jessica Lewin.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Child Life Wildlife Podcast. Today, I am talking with Sarah Summers, who is a child life specialist at a children's hospital within an adult hospital, so she works in multiple areas. Today, we are talking about child life and motherhood and what that has looked like for her as a new mom balancing working 40 plus hours a week in a pandemic. To say the least, it has been something. And She's learned a lot and I'm really excited for you to hear what she has to say. She is not currently a mom, I gleaned a lot from this conversation and I hope you will too. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Sarah Summers about motherhood in the child life profession. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for being on the Child Life Wildlife Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Sarah, I am so happy that you are here to talk to us a little bit about child life and motherhood. For starters, would you just tell me and my listeners a little bit about you? Anything that you'd like for us to know? Yeah, so I'm Sarah. Um,
0: I, since we're talking about motherhood, just became a mom almost a year ago, um, to my daughter, Lily, Mm -hmm. and I can't believe she's almost one, but, um, my husband and I have been together almost eight years. I am, have been a certified child life specialist for about nine years and have been working, um, at the place that I internshiped actually, um, for about the last eight years. So that and yeah, awesome. commuted from or moved from Michigan to Indiana.
1: So right. for it. That's awesome. During your practicum and internship and now job, did you have anybody to look up to that you kind of felt was like doing it all? I have coworkers myself who are moms and then also work full time. And in my mind as not a mom yet, I go, oh, wow, that seems like a lot. How are you doing that? You are super women. So did you have anybody that was doing yeah. it all? Yeah. So my internship
0: um, preceptor, as well as now my boss, mm-hmm. um, had, when I first started, had teenage children who mm-hmm. were super active in sports and um, just different extracurriculars. And so she would put in her 40 plus hours and go make it to all of those games and just do the laundry and make sure her house was clean and all of these things. And I frequently remember asking her when (laughs) she slept because I was convinced she didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And she also is not a caffeine fan. So I was like, how do you do this? Because I would need all of the coffee or something else to make it, Through all of that, but Mm -hmm. she made it look really graceful and Mm -hmm. has been nothing but super supportive of my family and some of the boundaries and things I've had to set along the way um, just in the last year that I'm super
1: grateful for, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been crazy to watch. Can I ask you, just as a jumping point off of that? are you willing to share what some of those boundaries are that you've had to kind of figure out for yourself and your family within the last year?
0: Yeah. So I am still breastfeeding my daughter. So I think one of the biggest ones is that I've had to make time for myself at work, um, mm-hmm. because I have to pump. So, um, even though it's just like 15 minutes, it, it, is hard to sometimes find that stopping point. So I work in a hospital that is a children's hospital within an adult hospital. And there's only two of us and we go wherever (laughs) there are kids. Mm -hmm. So we have a bunch of outpatient clinics, our PDR surgery, our inpatient units. And so there's always something going on. And so to be able to say, no, I can't do that just yet. Yeah. Or I'm going to have to call somebody or it's, I, I can't do it is been really hard. And luckily my boss has been incredibly supportive of that mm-hmm. and just to make that decision. And my daughter also goes to daycare in my building, which I'm super blessed to have daycare wow. in our facility. Um, but that means that I have to leave still at a certain time. Like I have to be out the door at five o'clock because I have to be the one to go downstairs and pick her up from daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the past year I've called my husband like twice and said, I need you to go pick her up. I I have to stay late. And so being a little bit more choosy and particular about what I'm staying late for has been really interesting to try and figure out what it what those things are and what those certain things are going to be, but we've made it work. So I'm grateful my boss is like, "Yeah, absolutely. You have to leave by 5. You got to leave yeah. by 5."
1: Yeah. That's awesome that you have a boss that's understanding of that. Mhm. At what point during your child life journey did you think that you may want to add children of your own to the mix? Was this related to your job at all or was it strictly what was the next best step for your family?
0: I always have wanted a family. Um, When my husband and I started dating, we talked a lot about what a family looked like for us and Mm -hmm. what we thought a family should look like. Um, We kind of made the decision we moved right after we got married to Indiana from Michigan. Um, and so we knew we kind of wanted to settle here, make, um, a support system of our own. And, um, I then that is kind of when child life decided that a master's was going to be necessary. And so there was question about whether or not, um, you would be able to take interns Mm -hmm. if the preceptor didn't have a master's, there were questions Mm -hmm. about that. And so, my boss and I discussed, and obviously my husband as well, um, me going back to school. And so I went back and got my master's. And so we kind of said, let's wait until I'm done with my master's. That just felt like a lot to be pregnant and do an accelerated master's program. Mm -hmm. Um, so we waited until I was done and I actually in 2017 got pregnant, but had a miscarriage. And so, um, that took a little bit of time and I think sometimes doing what we do as child life specialists that almost made it harder for me to want to try and get pregnant again. Yeah. Um, it made me nervous because a lot of times we're not seeing the rainbows and the butterflies in what we're doing mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to babies and traumas and things like that so it made me a little bit more hesitant um, I think and so you know, we kind of got to the place where we were ready to try again. And, you know, luckily, we have Lily now. And that's Mm -hmm. great. But I think it's a little bit of both that answer or that question. (laughs) You know, it's work definitely affected it a little bit, but not necessarily in the way people would think, I think.
1: Sure. Thank you for sharing that. So, being pregnant and going with child life, um, what was the biggest perk of working while pregnant and what were some unique challenges of working while pregnant?
0: Sure. So I think my blanket answer is COVID. (laughs) Um, um, I got pregnant before COVID was real. Uh, well, not real, but before COVID was here and affecting all of our lives. Um, so one of the perks was that any patient that we were questioning for COVID, I didn't get to go in. Um, my boss was like, yep, nope, you're going to call me. You're not going to go in there. You're going to just walk Mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. Um, so for the longest time I got to kind of get out of the whole N95 gown, mask, shield (laughs) deal, um, which was kind of lovely in retrospect. Um, (laughs) but definitely I think some of the, um, that was probably the biggest perk Mm -hmm. of, of doing that. And I would think one of the challenges was, um, obviously COVID Mm because I was pregnant during COVID and that was scary and no one knew Mm -hmm. anything. Everybody was just as lost. Even, you know, my OB was like, I don't really know what should you should or should not be doing. Um, because we just didn't have the research and still are doing, finding out that research now. And, uh, But I think the other tough thing was just having to lie to staff Mm -hmm. um, and trying to play the I'm getting out of all these different radiology exams. Um, I actually had a staff member who was like, I wondered why you kept having meetings when I asked you to go to these kids scans. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I just I oh, I have a meeting. I can't I can't go. Um, I remember I was in the middle of a trauma that had um, multiple Kids in it, and they mm-hmm. were kind of split up, and so I just remember like going room to room and be like, "Oh, X-rays here. I gotta go check on the brother." Um, and walking <laughs> out because I didn't want to tell my staff. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit more tight-lipped about it just because of the anxiety I had had about our miscarriage previously. I was a mm-hmm. bit um, quieter about it, and so I just wasn't ready to share that, and so I felt really terrible lying to my staff. Um, but once they all found out, some of them were like, that's why you had all those meetings. <laughs> and I was like, yes, because I lied to you. Cause I had no meetings, um, none. And so I just, that was the only way I felt better about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very unique challenge. <laughs> yeah. What do you wish that you knew prior to having children or at least during the first year of having children as it relates to your job as a child life specialist?
0: I think sometimes, you know, we're, we're also aware of, you know, it's always like the teens and the infants. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that get neglected sometimes in the child life world. And I think not that it was necessarily intentional that I was not necessarily giving the amount of time and attention to infants mm-hmm. as I could have. I think I was always like, well, you know, in this grand scheme of things on the, my list of priorities, this infant kind of goes down to the bottom and not mm-hmm. necessarily for any specific reason, but. I think I'm finding myself now more prioritizing those infants and Mm -hmm. saying, you know what, those parents probably really do need a break. Mm. Um, They probably really want, um, you know, something for them or even just for the adults in the room. I think sometimes I was always like the parent wants something to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always got a little salty about it, I feel like. And now I get that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's hard to be in that position it's hard to sit and feel out of control um, of such a situation so i think i'm a bit more appreciative of those families and i want to spend a bit more time with them and feel more comfortable and confident talking to moms of new babies who maybe their baby has you know high bilirubin so they're there under the lights and they can't necessarily hold them a ton and so trying to spend that time with them talking to them about it and how their journey's been postpartum and you know, some other things that they can do to try and feel that connection, because I know Mm -hmm. how hard that connection can be Mm -hmm. um, to get, especially in those first few days, weeks, and months. Um, Postpartum depression is real Mm -hmm. um, as someone who has had it. And so I think I'm spending a little bit more of that time focused towards the families and asking those questions more than I did before.
1: Yeah, it's neat hearing um, I had told you before we started that you were the third one to interview for this certain topic of child life and motherhood, and it's neat as not being a mom yet, hearing the things that you guys are picking up on of like, oh, I, I would do this differently, or now I find myself doing this because I'm a mom, because I feel like it makes me go, oh, oh, I agree with you, but I don't do that, but I should, because <laughs> you just talk me into it of like, yeah. You're right. That must be. But you're right. They do get to the bottom of the list, the teens and the infants sometimes, because I just feel like I have higher priority needs. But you're right. The mom probably does need a break or the mom is concerned that they can't hold the baby in the first couple days. And so that is helpful to know. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Are there any interventions as a mom now that you don't think you would have thought of or you didn't think of until you became a mom? Ooh. <laughs> I think
0: I think a lot of it kind of goes back to that how I just answered that, but I think just you know I've always been a big advocate for patient and family centered care, but I think I feel that more deeply now mm-hmm. almost, sure. um, because I if it were me I would I would want that more, and I think sometimes we're like oh yeah they get it, but no do do parents really get it? Mm-hmm. Are we really spending the time to make sure they're their understanding. Yes, mm-hmm. we're explaining it to their child. Um, and yes, they should be able to understand how we're explaining it to their child, but are we necessarily giving that family an opportunity for teach back? Are we really giving that family an opportunity to share their concerns with us, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, help guide us in what their child's misconceptions might be. Um, I think, I think I just have a, maybe a deeper appreciation for that. Yeah. Um, my daughter had a tongue tie when she was born. And so we needed to, she needed a phrenilectomy and I was panicked about it. And I had people giving me conflicting information about going to certain places or hours away to do it. And I finally was like, oh, our, our surgeons do this in our outpatient clinic. Like my child life brain had like flown out the window mm-hmm. and um, I remember messaging one of their ner- one of their NPs, and I was like, "Am I losing it? Am I sleep deprived?" But I feel like this is something you guys do, and so the fact that we were able to do it where I work with people I work with, with surgeons I trusted, and I mm-hmm. think sometimes we take that rapport for granted. When I felt completely comfortable, like handing my daughter over to my staff because yeah. they were my staff, mm-hmm. and it was my interns who were like can I watch? And I was like, sure. Yeah, you can watch. I don't care. <laughs> I've never seen one because we normally don't help with those. And now I'm like, right. I feel like maybe we could help with those because this is kind of scary. It gives a little funky smell in the room when they boby it, you know, like, yeah, we should probably be doing a little bit more of this. So I think just taking that time, I feel like I'm feeling things just on a deeper level.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. What is the best part of being a mom and a child life specialist?
0: I think, again, just knowing that if my kid needed that support Mm -hmm. or needed something medically done, Mm -hmm. I know I feel safe and I feel confident in the healthcare that she would be provided. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that feels kind of like a selfish answer, but I would feel comfortable. I know my ER staff. I know my outpatient staff. I know my inpatient staff, Mm -hmm. which I think is the perk of working in a smaller setting. Yeah. um, because I do a lot of things but I feel comfortable in all of those spaces. And so I think that's something that not everybody can say and I want to make sure I don't take that for granted.
1: That small hospital perk of knowing a lot of different staff in a lot of different places is really really nice. I can relate to yeah. that. Yeah. So the last three questions that I have for you are questions that I ask everybody. The first one being, if someone's listening today and they're really resonating with what you're saying about being a mom and a child life specialist, what is something that you'd recommend to that mom or that future mom? You are going to forget
0: everything you've ever learned about (laughs) development. I don't know how many times, like, especially when I was on maternity leave with my daughter that I was like, what are these developmental milestones she's supposed to be hitting? What, when is she supposed to start rolling? Um, when should she be like keeping her head up and, and maintaining all of that? And is she late? Is she early? And I was like, Oh, Sarah, like you, you know, this like to your core, you, this is like a part of you. And yet it was gone. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. I remember talking with some of my friends who are nurses and were new moms kind of around the same time, just a few months earlier who were like, yeah, my nurse brain, like my kid got a fever and I didn't know what to do. And oh. I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, that, that makes me feel a lot better. But yeah. I was like, Oh man, I feel like I should, this is embedded and ingrained in me. And yeah. it was just gone and it's okay. I can laugh about it now, but it was a little traumatizing. At the time. <laughs> sure. Like,
1: where did it go? Come back. And then I know you take, do you take practicum and internship students or just internship?
0: Just interns. Just interns.
1: Okay. So I have a lot of students that follow along and listen to this podcast. um, And I know that you also feel strongly towards helping students. What is one thing that you'd say to them as a tip for moving through this profession?
0: I think one of the biggest things you can do is start to realize now that you need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. There are going to be times that you're in situations that you didn't think you may ever be in. um, And you just you just got to jump in. You just have to kind of do it um, and realize and know that you're going to get through it. You're going to get to the other side of it but it may not make you the most comfortable thing. Um, sometimes just sitting in silence, it's super uncomfortable sometimes, but mm-hmm. that might be what a family needs. So I think just getting comfortable with with that uncomfortable feeling is something that we all need to do better at sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think that's good for specialists too.
0: <laughs> just Indeed. a
1: little reminder. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And then if the name of the podcast is Child Life Wildlife, if child life is a wildlife, what has been the wildest part of your experience so far? This question I have thought about
0: <laughs> for so long because I feel like there were so many things, mm-hmm. but I came up with two really good ones. Okay. My first one is we had a bad Santa who I literally want the image of bad Santa, like the movie to pop into your head, come and visit our hospital. Um, This gentleman had like the dirtiest, grungiest Santa costume on that smelled like he had smoked 50 packs in an hour in his car. And it just... Reeked of cigarette smoke, and he all of the gifts that he brought smelled like cigarette smoke. And he was like, I just want to go room to room and give it to the kids. And we had scheduled him like, we he clearly I don't know how he made it through like all of our questioning and all of those things, but I was like, I cannot take this man <laughs> room to room, like, this is terrifying. Um, and so I may or may not have made up a story or a lie that said he couldn't go room to room at that time and that maybe all of our patients were in isolation and so we couldn't go see them.
1: Oh, darn.
0: That may not have been the full, whole truth, but I feel like it saved all of us from a lot of questions. Yeah. And then since I know you talk to a lot of students and both you and I feel strongly about helping out students, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite um, wild experiences I ever received or ever had when it came to internship applications, okay, um, is that I once received an application from a person who hot like before the application and the cover letter and the resume had a document attached that had hot glued items on it, talking about why this person met the needs because with the item that was on the paper. So like it said, this person had a colorful personality and had crayons hot glued to the page. And then that they could take the pain away and make it smiley like a band aid. And so there was a smile band aid on the page and there was a stress ball cut in half, hot glued on it. And I just, it definitely stood out it just unfortunately didn't stand out in the way that I think that person
1: meant, meant it, it to
0: too. and right so that was definitely a wild experience of receiving that that is
1: pretty wild for mm. sure yes. how long ago was that many
0: years okay which is why I feel comfortable talking about. okay
1: it. but it was many
0: <laughs> years ago okay
1: that is wild. Um, I'm sure we have lots of the, like, special visitor donation application type stories. If we really, it's hard yeah. to be asked that on the spot and go, what would I think of? Because I myself am like, what would I think of? Because <laughs> there's, there's so much. There's so much. And then it's like,
0: I have to make sure it's, you know, appropriate. Sure. there are some things that just aren't
1: yeah and it's it's tough it it's is tough, tough I know but I I like it so I wanted to ask it
0: <laughs> for sure absolutely I'm intrigued to hear what other people say
1: yeah like I'm ready for those stories ready I'm here for it yeah well thank you Sarah so much for being on the podcast and sharing a little bit of your wisdom with us thank you so much for asking and this was a lot of fun